the playing tournament, violence and politics. What the hell am I talking about? Well, stay tuned to find out. This is the Stephen A. Smith Show coming your way right now. First things first, this is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Breath-taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show coming at you as I love to do at the very least three times a week over the digital airways of YouTube. I'm here in Las Vegas, Nevada, courtesy of Blue Wire Studios, an immaculate studio nonetheless. Anytime I come to Las Vegas, I like to be here. I like to do the show from here because as you can see, it's pretty fly and the name behind it ain't bad either, okay? But thanks to everybody for enjoying the show and watching the show and what have you. And always I'm giving props to my official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, the official studio sponsor of the Stephen A. Smith Show. By the way, appreciate the love and support. Subscribers have escalated above 421,000 in the first eight months. Can't thank y'all for the love and support. Keep it coming and I'm going to keep on coming. Just make sure to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show right here on YouTube. Just click the bell to get notified for all of our new content and there you'll have it. And while you're at it, please don't forget to pick up my New York Times best-selling book, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. Normally, I take calls at the ends of every show at 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. But we don't have phone lines when I'm on the road, so I'm just going to take some tweets and I'll answer some questions y'all throw my way and I'll be happy to vibe with y'all in that regard until I get back to my home studios. First things first, I'm going to touch on the NBA because the Los Angeles Lakers are one of the reasons I'm here. They are in the play-in tournament in the semifinals in Las Vegas, Nevada, getting set to go up against the New Orleans Pelicans tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, LeBron James is approaching 39 years of age at the end of this month, his 21st season in the National Basketball Association, and he's still the best damn player on the court most of the time. Now, one in one instance, in one, on one hand, rather, I want to give LeBron James love. Because he is one of the top two players in the history of basketball as far as I'm concerned. Okay, I'm always going to put MJ first. I put him second. But my God, is he great. And he's phenomenal. And to be in his 21st year at age 39 with the physique, the stamina, et cetera, et cetera, he has to get props. But at some point in time, can I look at y'all, the rest of y'all in the National Basketball Association, and ask you some simple questions? Where's your pride? Where's your dignity? I mean, the brother's a senior citizen. In the NBA, for crying out loud, he in better shape than all of y'all. What LeBron James is doing compared to y'all is the equivalent equivalence of a 70-year-old man outrunning 25 and 30-year-olds. How the hell is he continuously in better shape? How the hell is he continuously more reliable, more dependable, more productive than the great ones, including Anthony Davis? What is up? Seriously. Anthony Davis is all world, and I get that. And I predicted that the Lakers was going to make it this far in the, East, in the Western Conference semifinals. You know why? Because when it comes to being a first, LeBron James likes that. Go to 10 NBA Finals. You win four NBA championships. You capture four league MVP honors. Oh, yeah, ain't too many people done that. He likes being an originator and innovator, somebody that achieves what most don't, what most can't. And when they inserted and implemented this play-in tournament, I kind of knew that LeBron James and the Lakers was going to be here because guess what? He was going to make it a priority with his leadership and his focus. You notice where they struggled throughout this season thus far, they were balling when it came to the playing games because they said, yo, it's, it's, it's Vegas. Yo, it's an additional $500,000 in every winner's pocket. Everybody ain't making LeBron James money. Everybody ain't making Anthony Davis money. So you better, you better know it. 
that some of these lesser paid players, if you got an opportunity to pocket a half a million dollars a piece for the winners, you know people going to be balling. You knew that was going to happen. So the Lakers are here in Vegas, okay? The Milwaukee Bucks are here too. You see Giannis? You see Dame Dollar? You see them against my New York Knicks the other day. Now I ain't gonna spend too much time on this because I don't. I'm just gonna get angrier and angrier talking about the New York Knicks. When I talk about the New York Knicks, I'm like that episode of the Honeymooners with Ralph Cramden when he was sitting up there talking about his mother-in-law, and he was like this all calm talking to Norton, you know, or writing some letter or whatever, or actually taping something for Alice's wife, and he sat up there and said, "You know, I know, I know your mother doesn't mean it. She's just naturally mean. That's all." And I know that she doesn't mean to do this and she doesn't mean to do that. She's just born that way. She's never going to change, Alice. She's going to be the same old way, Alice. She's a blabbermouthist. Remember that episode? One of the most hilarious comedic episodes ever. That's how I feel about the New York Knicks. You got 11 picks over the next seven years. What the hell are you holding on to them for? You going to take them to the grave with you? You haven't done shit since 1973, really. Well, you going to do something? Could you get a superstar? Do you continuously have to be the team having players that are never the best players on the court? There's always a member of the opposition with a better player than your best player. Why is that always the case? That is what has happened to the New York Knicks. And I want the camera right here. I don't want this camera. I want this camera. Keep it on me right here because I'm pissed. The New York Knicks are 10-0. and against sub-500 teams this season. They're 2-8 against teams above 500. So you beat up on the little guys. You beat up on inferior competition. But when you got to answer the call against somebody on your level, you fold like cheap tents. And that's exactly what happened to the New York Knicks against the Milwaukee Bucks on Tuesday night. 146 to 122. Gave up 35 to Giannis. Gave up about seven three-pointers to Dame. I forgot whether it was five or seven, but it don't matter. They have Giannis. They have Dame. Knicks don't have anybody like that. And that's why Milwaukee's in Vegas. When we look at the Indiana Pacers, it's a feel-good story. Number one offense. Can't stop a cold. Giving up about 125 again. But this kid, Tyrese Halliburton, why does that Make me a bit salty. Because in 2020, I begged the New York Knicks, because I'm a lifelong New York Knicks fan, I begged them to draft Tyrese Halliburton. Begged them. Begged them. And I was ignored. I was ignored. We know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. No, you didn't. You drafted OB Toppin. Where is he at? In Indiana with Halliburton right now. They're teammates. Because what do you need Obi Toppin for when you got Julius Randle? But you needed a point guard. And you wouldn't have needed to go out there and get Jalen Brunson. But you got him. And you had to pay over $100 million to get him. And as a result of that, you wanted to sit up there and bluff Utah for Donovan Mitchell. But Cleveland ultimately got in there like a thief in the night and got him away from Utah instead of you. And instead of having a backcourt of Tyrese Halliburton, and Donovan Mitchell, the New York Knicks have Jalen Brunson, who's damn good. And a bunch of moving parts. Manuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, you know, people like that. I mean, come on, y'all. Of course I'm ticked off. But I'm happy to see Indiana here because they'll score on anybody. And this kid Halliburton is special. And the last team in these semifinals for this playing season is the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm just going to say it plain and simple. I don't give a shit what the Pelicans are doing. It means nothing to me if Zion Williamson is not, her, is not healthy. If he's healthy, all bets are off. But if he's not healthy, it's a problem. If he's healthy, the Pelicans could get to the, they could get to the finals. At the very least, the conference finals. They could do it. They got the talent. They got the athleticism. They got the perimeter shooting. They got the veteran leadership with C.J. McCollum. They got a stud in Zion Williamson. They got the coaching of Willie Green, who's one of the bright young coaches in this game as far as I'm concerned. They got a great home court. But let me tell you something. If Zion ain't healthy, they going home early. We all know it. It's just that simple. So you got New Orleans in L.A. You got Milwaukee and Indiana. The in-season tournament for the NBA has been a success. 
Because if you watch Sacramento against Golden State last week, if you watch Boston against Indiana the other day, and you see how much these players cared, and you see how riveted the crowd was, and you see that it wasn't just a regular season game type atmosphere. It was a little something extra, which is what their goal was because the NBA didn't want to concede the month of November and, De- and summer December to the NFL. They wanted to remind the world, we got a sports league too. And that's exactly what they did. I give the NBA props for that. I truly, truly do. So I'm glad to be here. I'm excited about being here. It's going to be interesting. I think we're going to see the Lakers and Milwaukee in the championship game on December 9th. That's the only game that doesn't count towards your regular season record. It's going to be real interesting to see what happens Saturday. Dame Dollar and Giannis versus the Lakers. But I got to tell you something. Indiana would be excited to watch under those conditions too. I just don't think they're going to beat Milwaukee. Let me transition somewhat anyway to the world of politics. And I'm going to turn this way. Follow me over here when I bring up this subject. And here's why I'm going to bring up this subject. It's about Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, but it's not about politics. It's about sports because he's talking about setting aside a million dollars in the state budget for any potential litigation coming down the pike to sue the NCAA or to sue somebody because of the college football playoff selection committee that didn't pick Florida State, who went undefeated, but still got left out of the top four spots, according to the articles right here. It says, Ron DeSantis is adding financial backing to the backlash from Florida State's playoff exclusion. DeSantis announced on Tuesday that he wants to set aside $1 million for, quote, any litigation expenses that may come as a result of this decision by the college football playoff committee to snub the 13-0 ACC champion Florida State Seminoles. DeSantis made his remark during a news conference to present his 2024-25 budget recommendations. Quote, my first grader, my fifth grader, and my preschooler, they're all Knowles, and they are big-time fans, and they do the tomahawk chop, and they were not happy, DeSantis said. We're going to set aside $1 million and let the chips fall where they may. Will you stop? First of all, sir, don't you have bigger priorities? I mean, you're down, you're trailing Donald Trump by about 59 points in the polls. The man ain't even show up to debate you because he considers you that insignificant. Don't you have bigger problems? Don't you have bigger problems? I mean, thank the good Lord that you ain't trying to alter the education system by talking to us about how there were good elements of slavery with the school board people that you put in place that were trying to make that argument. Thank goodness you ain't doing that anymore. Lord knows what you got planned down the pike in terms of who you want to battle with, who you want to fight with. But let me tell you something right now. Fighting the school system one minute, fighting amusement parks another, the list goes on and on. Let me tell you something. You're getting your ass kicked by Donald Trump. And Nikki Haley is coming up the rear. She's got donors on the left voting for her because she's considered somebody that's a better candidate to represent the nation in the event that one of those 91 counts against Donald Trump, four indictments totaling 91 counts, ends up being effective enough to make him a convicted felon. Nikki Haley is is slowly but surely, I shouldn't even say slowly, she's gaining momentum, which is why the debates are scheduled to take place tonight in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Matters. Because she's getting donors and she's building momentum. Isn't that a priority you should be focused on? I would say so. I would say so, Governor DeSantis. Now, I got to admit, you looked good going up against Gavin Newsom in that debate that Sean Hannity for Fox News hosted the other night. It was fact-based. You were throwing a lot of stuff out there. You knew your stuff. You were definitely combative, which is your MO. And I thought you were relatively effective against Gavin Newsom. And you clearly gave us two distinctions, but this is not your lane. First of all, this isn't the first time a college football program institution has gotten screwed over. Ask TCU. Ask Ohio State. Ask Baylor. Ask Central Florida from years ago. Didn't hear you talking about them at that time in 2017. Now, none of those teams were undefeated, and that is fair. But the criteria that the College Football Committee clearly states, it brings up head-to-head competition. It brings up strength of schedule. It brings up all of that. You know what else it brings up? Availability of players and coaches. When the Florida State Seminoles lost Jordan Travis, you had an opportunity to still look good. You didn't take advantage of it. 
In 2014, when JT Barrett went down for Ohio State, Cardell Jones took over the quarterback position for the Ohio State Buckeyes. They promptly went against Wisconsin and beat them 59 to nothing. Right after that, they were inserted into the college football playoffs. You know what they did? They won a national championship. They knew that style points mattered, so they went out and they abused Wisconsin. That is not what Florida State did. When they lost Jordan Travis, they squeezed by Florida. When they lost Jordan Travis for a second week and didn't have him available to them, they squeezed by Louisville. Meanwhile, Alabama, led by Nick Saban. You know that guy, right? 11-1 in SEC title games. Seven-time national champion. You know that guy, right? Considered universally as the greatest coach in the history of college football. You know that guy, right? His team happened to have won 11 straight. Even though they lost to Texas, it was the second week of the season when he was trying to figure out if he had a quarterback. They won 11 straight thereafter. You know what else they did? They beat Georgia in the national championship game. You know what else they did? They beat a Georgia squad that had won 29 straight. You know what else they did? Georgia was the reigning two-time defending national champions. And Alabama knocked them off. And last but not least, Governor Santos, because clearly, even though you don't need any homework from so much with politics because you're on your game, clearly you need it with sports. Did you see TCU get whipped up last year in the national championship game? 65 to 7. Let me educate you about something, Ron DeSantis, because I think you need my help, and I'm here to help you. Very astute, Governor. Don't like some of your policies, but there's no doubt you know what the hell you're talking about and you are no dummy. Highly accomplished individual. Not here to disrespect you, sir. But you could, Lou, you could use a little help when it comes to knowing how to appeal to a nationally televised audience. Perhaps if you did that, you'd be higher in the polls. And the fact that you struggle with that sort of dilutes your argument on behalf of Florida State, because what you're not paying attention to is the problems that TCU's annihilation in the national championship game that Georgia caused. The committee didn't want to see a part two of that. The networks didn't want to see a part two of that. Nobody wants to see Florida State going into the college football playoffs with someone other than their star quarterback and struggling to score points against Alabama. And if it's not against Alabama, Texas, Washington, and Michigan, how you think that's going to work out? Nobody wanted to risk that. That's why they're out. And that's why you can talk all of this nonsense and all of this pomp and circumstance about shoving money aside, a million dollars aside, like some litigation is going to come down a pike that's going to be effective. It's not going to work. College football has been doing this forever. You didn't bitch before. When your teams or the team representing your state wasn't the one getting screwed over before, nobody's going to listen to you now. That's just the way it is, sir. That's just the way it is. Just stop it. Stop it. I know you were, you know, campaigning because you were in a press conference and talking to the folks out there. But the reality is, is that, look, man, it ain't going to work. So just get over it. Before I get to um my last subject, let me let y'all know that Devin Haney former lightweight champion of the world, now moving up to 140 pounds to fight Regis Progre um, at the 140-pound title. Uh, he's going to be my next guest on. I can't wait to talk to him. But before I get into that, um, no matter what we see in that fight Saturday night, it is highly unlikely or pretty close to impossible that we're going to see anything like what we saw just a few days ago. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of bare-knuckle fighting. I'm sure you have. It's called BYB, Extreme Bare-Knuckle Fighting. It made its day, its Denver debut at Stockyards Event Center last Saturday, which is December, which was December 2nd in Colorado. It was headlined by a lightweight championship showdown between Mark the Shark Irwin and Julio Tenoro Rodriguez. Right, Tenoro Rodriguez was victorious and became the youngest active champion in bare-knuckle boxing. The Shark lost a close decision, but more importantly, sustained what they called a brutal hematoma in the process. For those of you who don't know what hematoma is, before y'all show this picture, let me read this to y'all. 
Hematoma is a localized bleeding outside of blood vessels due to either disease or trauma. It occurs when an injury causes blood to collect and pool under the skin, giving it a spongy, rubbery, lumpy feeling. I preface what I'm about to show you with that because I needed you to understand what the hell you're about to look at. Could you show that picture, please, to my producers? Do you see that? Do you see that? I mean, damn. That's just bad. It really, really is. And so when you see something like that, then I got to look it up because I'm saying, once upon a time, the UFC was banned. It was outlawed. You had senators like the late, great John McCain that never wanted UFC uh, to be a legalized sport. If anything should not be legalized, it's this. This is legally sanctioned in 25 states. Bare knuckle fighting. Rapidly gained popularity and legal acceptance in the United States. Initially, professional bare knuckle boxing was not legal under any federal or state laws in the country. Well, it is now. And when I saw that video, I said, don't allow that man in the ring again. Matter of fact, why do we have to have that? We got boxing. We got the UFC. Damn it, ain't that enough? Ain't that enough? What the hell are we going to ask for next? Lions to get back in cages with men? I mean, what the hell are we talking about here? We don't need to see that. We just don't. I'm sorry. I don't want to see that. Good Lord have mercy. Don't tell me that kid's going to be all right. I don't believe it. I know that once happened to a fighter that got headbutted by Evander Holyfield. I think it was Hasim Rahman that got that had that hematoma. That was wild. But that's just something else. By the way, fighters are permitted to wrap and tape the wrist, thumb, and mid-hand. No gauze or tape can be within one inch of the knuckles. Punches are the only strike allowed and must be a closed fist. No kicks, no elbows, no knees, nor grappling. A fighter gets knocked down, he'll have 10 seconds to return to his feet, or the referee will stop the fight. And obviously, if his vision is impaired, the referee may call a timeout or give a cut man 30 seconds to stop the bleeding. And if they can't, the referee can call a fight. Get rid of it. Let's stick to boxing. Let's stick to UFC. Let's stick to the slap contest. Even though I'm seeing people get knocked out, knocked silly, it is just a slap. I mean, it's devastating, but it's just one slap, okay? That's something that's been popularized by Dana White for the UFC, and it's gaining momentum more and more every day. More power to the brothers. Somebody want to do something like that, make a living slapping the living shit out of people, knock yourself out. I'll never be a part of no damn contest like that. But that ain't this. That ain't the bare knuckle fighting. It really isn't. That should be banned. Let me get to some point, a sport that I want to talk about, and that's boxing. I got a super lightweight championship fight coming up. Devin Haney, undefeated at 30-0 with 15 KOs, going against Regis Progre, 29-1 with 24 knockouts. Can't wait to talk to Devin Haney about this. After all, he is the guy that just told me the months ago, Stephen A, you kissed my ass. He said that on Twitter. I'm still going to invite him on the show. You know why? Because I'm a man. And I can take insults. I can give them too. Will I do that next with Devin Haney? Stay tuned to find out. You're listening and watching the Stephen A. Smith Show right here over the Digital Airways with YouTube. Back with more in a minute. Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show right here over the Digital Airways with YouTube. Before I get to text messages to close out the show, it was a couple of items that I wanted to touch on. Number one, some of y'all out there, it's like, you know, you should be working for your money. I don't know if anybody told y'all that. You shouldn't be always looking for shakedowns and to get over. I mean, our society, some of y'all are just a bunch of no good trifling ass people. I mean, somebody got to tell y'all this. You know, get, get out there and work for a living, okay? Because I'm thinking of this guy here, and, and, and listen, I, I'm not... I'm a, I don't know the guy personally or whatever, but, but his name is Melvin Townsend. Now, y'all may not know that person. Well, let me refresh your, remem your memory. Do you remember last year sometime when Mike Tyson, there was a video that circulated on TMZ, uh, former heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson, literally le turning around and leaning over a chair on a flight and beating some dude down on the plane. 
Remember that went viral? That's Melvin Townsend. That's the person that was getting his ass kicked. Because for some reason, it's supposedly, purportedly, he was a bit inebriated. He was drinking a little bit. He didn't have all his faculties in order, whatever. First, I, I totally believe this. Because that's got to be the reason why of all the people in the world you want to start a fight with, it's Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson is the guy that you want to start a fight with. You want to sit up there with all the people in the world that who seat you want to nudge, who you want to agitate while he's trying to get some sleep, who you want to you who you want to mess with. You picked that guy, Mike Tyson. So Mike Tyson, as the video showed, simply turned around, jumped up out of his chair, leaned over his chair, and commenced to whipping Melvin Thompson's ass. Now, ladies and gentlemen. This was on a plane ride last year. It was on a JetBlue flight from San Francisco, okay? And this guy, Townsend's attorney, Jake Jondal is his name, sent the pre-litigation letter to Tyson and is seeking a settlement for injuries and damages Townsend suffered in what he described as a vicious assault. In a letter, Townsend said, quote, he was excited to speak with Tyson when he noticed he was sitting near him on the flight. Quote, there were several other remedies available to Mr. Tyson, but he chose physical violence. Not only is the evidence clear that Mr. Tyson committed the intentional uh, torts of assault and battery, but he also acted recklessly and negligently. Oh, shut up. That's the lawyer that's saying that. Oh, shut the hell up. Listen, if that was the case, listen to what the police said. Police did not pursue charges against Tyson due to, quote, circumstances surrounding the confrontation. Those circumstances, quote, include the conduct of the victim leading up to the incident and the interaction between Mike Tyson and the victim, as well as requests of both the victim and Mr. Tyson that no charges be filed. If you was going to charge, you was going to file charges, you should have did it that day, that moment. Now, I don't know whether you didn't do it because you knew you were wrong or you didn't do it because you was too drunk, too drunk to make sense of anything, or you were just recovering from getting your ass kicked. But I know this much. You do have a legitimate argument that you were not in your right mind. You do have a legitimate argument that you probably were drunk. Because why the hell would anybody instigate a fight with Mike Tyson? That's just dumb. I, I, I mean, I, that don't make any sense. Oh, who are you, Mitch Green? Remember the guy Mike Tyson gave a black eye to? Remember the dude that was always starting stuff with Mike Tyson? You understand? I mean, who do you think you are? You ain't Mitch Green. So that just was not smart. It is what it is. I'm not trying to call a brother out or all of this other stuff, but seeking $450,000 in damages, if Mike Tyson gives it to me, then I won't go to court. Listen, Mike Tyson's lawyer said it best, and I completely agree with him. Tyson's lawyer, Alex Spiro, has accused Townsend of attempting to, quote-unquote, shake down the boxer. Quote, I have received a shakedown letter related to some instigator's harassment of Mike a year ago and the aftermath. There will be no shakedown payment. You're damn right. You're damn right. Because Mike Tyson was on JetBlue, minding his own damn business, trying to get some sleep, and you agitated it. You know what I, is usually the equivalent of? Listen, I'm not wishing harm or death upon anybody. I remember years ago, this woman got mauled to death. I don't know whether it was a mountain lion or somebody like that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to be very, very clear. I'm not wishing no harm on nobody. I swear. I swear. But it's important that I got to say this. The lion or the mountain lion or whatever mauled her while she was running through the park. Well, what the hell were you doing running through a wildlife park? Just jogging. You know what I imagine happened? That damn lion went like this. Damn it, I'm sick and tired of this woman waking me up. Don't she know I'm a lion? Why she keep running through this damn park like this? Waking me up in the damn morning at 5.30 to get her jog in. And he finally got tired of it. The family was crying. This many, many years ago. I don't remember where it was. The family was like, yo, you know, she, 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 she loved jogging through the park. It's a wildlife park. It's wildlife. 
You know, another incident years ago when I saw this, it's San Diego, if I remember correctly. And I think it was San Diego. It was either that or Chicago. And they and they had this woman newscaster and they put a bear next to her with, a, with some kind of mask or muzzle over him, you know, so he couldn't bite her. So they sat the bear next to her. And the next thing you know, the bear went like this. And started beating up. Like, why are you sitting next to a bear? Who the hell's idea was it to bring a damn bear into a television station? And by the way, you don't put anything over his paws or anything like that. It never occurred to you that he's like, do you not know I'm a bear? Some of the stuff that we just do, I just don't understand us as human beings. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. We want to skydive like we birds. We want to scuba dive like we fish. You know what I'm saying? We, we want to be in wildlife parks acting like we one of them. Let me hug this lion. Let, let, let me walk through the park and jog and it ain't going to be a problem. Oh, the lion loves me. This bear. Let me bring a damn bear into a television studio and sit him next to the damn newscaster. I, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, somebody got to say it, so I'm going to say it. These are white people problems. I, I'm just, I'm sorry. I, I'm just sorry. I, white people, we, we, as Bernie Mac would say, we, we the same, but we different. We the same, but we different. Okay? The late, great Bernie Mac would say with Kings of Comedy, we the same, but we different. White folks go to eat their cheese sandwich. You understand? 15 minutes break, they come back. My people, I don't know what's wrong with us. I don't know what's wrong with us. We, we, we break, that's just what the fuck we do. We break. <laughs> you done see, you seen Johnny? Remember when Bernie Mac said that? White folks and black folks are different. Black folks are not sitting next to a bear in a television studio. Black folks are not jogging through wildlife parks. Let me get my jog in. I have to get my stamina and my conditioning up. But there's lions and, and, and mountain lions and stuff like that rolling around. No, black people are not doing that. We're not doing that. We're, we're not going to the park if we hear about them being there. So we have to give white folk credit for courage because y'all are courage. Y'all are very, very courageous people. Black folks, we don't think like that. We just don't. I just really, really want to get in my jog. I know those lions are over there, but my gosh, I love them. And they love me and they wouldn't bother me. I jog here all the time. Really? Really? Come on, y'all. That's how I feel that guy did messing with Mike Tyson. Poking the bear. Pun intended. That's what the hell he did. Okay? And you got what you deserve. Last but not least, before I get to some of these questions, before I get on out of here for the day, and thanks again to the great Devin Haney. He got to handle his business this week. It's going to be real interesting to see what kind of fight um, he puts up. Um, he should win. His boxing skills are superior, but this guy, Progray, got some major, major power. No question about that. Here's what I will say, y'all. With this whole Biden... President Joe Biden telling donors he's not sure, quote, I'm not sure I'd be running if Trump wasn't in the race. You're losing, sir. You're losing momentum. So to the Democratic Party, I want to know what you're going to do about it. You see, at some point in time, we need to look at the Democratic Party and point the finger at them for whatever level of regression has kicked in in this country. That's right, I said it. And I can't say it because I usually vote Democratic. Well, here's what I mean by that. We want to complain about the Supreme Court. It's a 6-3 majority, right? Well, damn, look at the kind of advantage they have right now. Well, it would have been 5-4, which is much closer, and all you need is one swing vote. And things could have gotten done. But you know why it wasn't a 5-4 vote? Because the late, great Ruth Bader Ginsburg, God rest her soul, was a Supreme Court justice who, by the way, had illnesses and ailments and also was in the Supreme Court into her 80s. Barack Obama reportedly, purportedly, begged her to retire. His administration wanted her to retire so they could appoint another liberal to the chair. To the justice. What did she do? No. 
I want to stay here because I want a woman to, to, to select my successor. And then Hillary Rodham Clinton lost. Arrogance. Arrogance. The same kind of arrogance that cost Hillary Rodham Clinton the election in 2016. It wasn't just James Comey and coming up with an investigation two weeks before the election. It was also Hillary Rodham Clinton not campaigning in states like Wisconsin and, and Michigan and Pennsylvania in the, waning, in the waning days before the election in 2016. But it wasn't just that. It's just like she was arrogant enough to believe that she had it in the bag because Trump was talking about grabbing women by the you-know-what and that stuff was going all over the place before Comey decided to insert himself into the equation. The other side to this was Ruth Bader Ginsburg refusing to retire and allow Barack Obama to appoint her successor because she swore up and down Hillary Rodham Clinton was going to win. She's a big reason why the court is tilted 6-3. And just like that level of arrogance has cost the liberals and the Democrats in this country power and influence in certain key pivotal positions, that's the same thing that's happening now. We want Biden. We want Biden. He's the right man for the job. Well, who says that? He's going to be 82 come election year. He looks feeble now. Kamala Harris, I wish she had more of an impact. I really, really did. I think she's smart as hell, and I think that she'd do a great job if she had the seat. But I don't think she's beating Trump in a campaign. I don't think she'd beat Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis in a campaign. In an election, rather, I don't think that would happen. I don't know if any of the liberals do, but I do think that Gavin Newsom would have the best shot, not because he's my cup of tea, because those taxes in California are pretty damn high and the homelessness can't be ignored and the crime can't be ignored and the cost of living can't be ignored. But I tell you this much, if you are a liberal, that's your guy. That's your guy. If you are a flaming liberal, Gavin Newsom is the person right now looking most presidential. So guess what, President Biden? Maybe, just maybe, you should look at the reality that you're slipping with each passing day. Maybe it's because of your age. Maybe it's because of your son, Hunter Biden, and the scandal that he's been involved in that has stained your family name because you're involved in it too in some people's eyes. Or maybe, just maybe, it's the combination of both. Either way you slice it, hey, how about simply backing out and bowing out and handing the reins to a younger, vibrant, highly intellectual, great debater that he is in Gavin Newsom and find a way to take care of Kamala Harris in a fashion that is suitable for the constituency out there. I think that's the way to go. I think that's something that we should think about. I think that's something that should be treated with the level of seriousness that it deserves. That is my personal opinion. We will see what happens. I don't know what will happen. I will tell you that I'm very concerned. I really am. I'm just looking for some of my notes here because I'm just worried. Anyway, since I'm not with my phones and I don't have my phone system available to me to take calls at 888-SAS-5303, that's 888-727-5303, I will take your questions before I get on out of here for the day. And I thank you for watching and listening thus far. Let's go to question. Um, this is at Shannon Sharpie with three E's on the end. Does Stephen A. Smith have game? What are your best pickup lines? Well, <clears throat> I don't have a pickup line. That's why I've got game. Did you get that? You see, women are highly intellectual creatures. They're not fooled by trifling asses. If they appear to be fooled, it's because they like you and they want you anyway and they're willing to tolerate the fact that you think you got more game than you actually do. Now, there are moments that give you cause to pause. Remember when Martin Lawrence did stand-up run till that? And he walked across the stage and he said, hi. He said, I was just looking across, bam, beauty hit me. You know, I just love what I'm seeing and I would really, really love to get to know you better. I mean, perhaps I'm just paraphrasing here because I don't remember every word that he said. He said, I would love to see you sometime, but 
you know, I don't mean to bother you or anything, but I just want you to know that um, he moved me. He walked away. Thank you. Goodbye. Lovely seeing you. You're so special. He's like, ah! ah, ah women going crazy. Oh, my God, girl! Right? Or I thought it was much smoother when Will Smith was in Hitch and he walked up to uh, uh, that girl Patton and she was hanging out in that bar by the pool table with a bunch of dudes and he walked up to her and grabbed her hand and gave him some money and said, please, could you get drinks for two, please? And she's like, excuse me, I don't work here. He said, I just gave you that just to get you away from all of those fellas. And it worked. It was very, very smooth. You have to look the part. You have to present the part. You have to speak to her respectfully. You have to give her that look that lets her know that you're there for a reason and that you're very interested in her. But you can't look at her like you're objectifying her. You have to look at her like she's beautiful and that you can't take your eyes off her eyes because if you're looking anywhere else, she'll spot it. You got to wait until she diverts attention away from you to do that. Trust me on that one. Trust me. I get on out of here. This is Stephen A. <laughs> Let's go to the next one, okay? At Ryan Bounce 04, will Dak win the NFL MVP? He's got a chance. Dak Prescott's got a chance to win the NFL MVP because he's playing lights out right now, albeit against primarily uh, a, st- uh, a weak competition. I mean, five of the teams he's beaten are in last place. Didn't beat the Eagles. Didn't beat the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, so we got to take that into consideration. But the numbers are the numbers. And he's playing lights out right now. So I got to give love where love is due and say that Dak Prescott has a chance. Do I think he'll win it? No. Because I think that Dallas will fold at the, at the most inopportune time. But he does have a chance. I cannot deny that. At China from China writes, if you could switch careers with only one person in the world for a day, who would it be and why? Hmm. I would say that's a very, very interesting question. If I could switch places for one day, I would say to you that it would be with somebody like Bill Gates or Warren Buffett. What I would do is all of that money that they have, I would make sure to contribute as much to the desolate and disenfranchised, to the underprivileged, to make sure I use that money in the quickest way imaginable to facilitate folks uplifting themselves. Because as a society, we're only as greater, we're only as great as our weakest link. And if you leave people behind, scratching and clawing their way for crumbs, ultimately somebody's going to reach high enough just to be able to bring you down. You can't ignore those who are less fortunate than yourselves. You got to always give back in some capacity. So that would be my answer to that question because they got the money to make that kind of difference. Uh, at Feel Like Simmons, right? BBL or natural? Y'all know what I mean? The big booties, that's what they're talking about here, right? What would I prefer? Well, natural. I would like to state this because it's very, very important. <clears throat> it's no secret what I have a proclivity for. That has been the case all my life. My adult life, that is. Um, I have no desire to be with any woman as flat as me. To each his own. But if I got more A's and T's than you, nah. I'm on YouTube. I could say ass and tits, but I just didn't feel like it. But if I got more of that than you, I don't need you. I really, really don't. I'm sorry. I just don't. Some level of voluptuousness has to exist. I want curves. I mean, you, you, you can have some up here. I prefer a lot back there. No doubt about it. Legs matters. Hips matter. I don't want you ugly, but you don't have to look like Halle Berry or Beyonce either. You understand? Strong seven. Strong seven. Now, I'm going to deviate from this particular subject to bring up what a strong seven is because there's not a man alive that's going to disagree with what I'm about to break down. So I want the ladies to listen because I'm trying to be here for you. I'm just trying to be here for you, okay? I'm just trying to be here for you. I want the ladies to listen. I want the ladies to listen, but 
all the men, there's no man alive that would disagree with what I'm about to say. You want a strong seven. Let me tell you why. Ten, fine as all get out, tat out, body, looking fine, everything like that, got it going on. Too much maintenance. Too much. Because she knows she's fine. And you're expendable. She could take you or leave you. A nine, that's a problem too. Because you got enough people telling her she's a 10, so half of them acting that way. And by the way, the ones that ain't acting that way still require more from you than what others might. And so you got to be up on your game. That's problematic. Eight, that's ideal. Because that's really, really good looking. She got it going on. But at the same time, there's a level of independence that comes with it, which is never a bad thing until she's so independent that she's making you feel like you need to be more dependent on her than she needs to be on you. So there's too many opportunities and too much time that's wasting away where you're not feeling like that dude. You're feeling like a dude, not that dude. Here's where the strong seven comes in. Looks why she can compete with an eight. But her mentality is not that of an eight. So she's more appreciative of you wanting her. As a result, she shows an elevated appreciation for you wanting her. Therefore, she treats you like she wants you. And as a result, y'all have more of a good time together. Fellas, am I lying? Fellas, am I lying? Everybody know I'm telling the truth. Everybody know I'm telling the truth. This is what it is. Strong seven. Now, that don't mean she ain't an eight. But strong seven. That's somebody who is an eight, but don't act like one. That's what makes her special. Those are the ones that are married. The others, long engagements, quick marriages and divorces, or just perpetual singlehood. Because they spent so much time showing you that you were expendable that you finally looked at them and said, well, that's why I don't want your ass. Because I'm expendable. You're going to dump me anyway when it's time. Why waste my time? Did I not break that down? I believe I did. Next question here. Let's see what we got here before I get on out of here. Let's see. What do you think about the Yankees acquiring Juan Soto? They need to go get him. Especially with Giancarlo Stan playing the way that he played. They need another batter left. He's only 25 years of age. He's all world. Get him. He don't need to be in no damn San Diego. Other question. At our ARB. B key 1-3-4-9-7-5. What the hell are you trying to do? Hide people from your angle? What the hell your handle? What's up? Who you taking? Shy or Tyrese Halliburton? Shea Gilgis Alexander, by the way. That's a tough call. That's a tough call. Shea Gilgis, Shea Gilgis Alexander is a bad brother. I like him a lot. But Halliburton shooting better than 40 from three. The brother put the ball in the hole from deep. He's averaging over 11 assists a game. Shake. It's almost a pick em, but at the moment, I got to say, I got to go with Tyrese Halliburton. When you leading the league in assists and you still averaging 25 a game, yo, 26 a game. Yo, I got to, I got to deal with that. By the way, let me get back to the BBLs or the naturals. Ladies, Especially the black men. I, I can't speak for, the, for, for other brothers. Can't speak for the white brothers. I can't speak for my Asian brothers, Hispanic brothers. I think I can speak for the Hispanic brothers a little bit more because I know what the hell they are. But I, I got to speak for the brothers. If you have fake boobs, we don't mind it as long as they move. If they're standing there just staring at you like a mannequin, it's, it's tough. It's tough. But if they move, we good. We good. 
But what is unforgivable to a black man is a fake fat ass. That is unforgivable. We don't want fakeness in that area. It's important. It, it, it's important. You can't have injections and all of this other stuff in it. We'll know. We'll know. It can't just look natural. It's got to feel natural. And if it's fake, <laughs> come on, y'all. Am I right, fellas? Am I right, fellas? There's a bunch of men in here with me. They know I'm telling the truth. They, they, they glass encased, you know what I'm saying? But they all nodding. Hey, they see that they, you see them out there. They know. They know. It seems so they know. Am I right? I'm not lying. Ladies, this is not insults. I'm looking out for you by telling you. I'm giving you the intel. I'm giving you the intel. Because I want you to hear me. So you can conquer whatever demons lie in your way. I love y'all. I'm here for y'all. I was raised by women. My sister's here with me. Right now. My sister Carmen is right there. Right there. Carmen, have I not been taught this? Was I not taught this by my sisters? What, 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 Steve? Was I not? Tell the truth. My sisters, it's just the truth. I'm just, I'm just telling y'all. Has your brother not always looked out for you? Have your brother not always told you, look, man, you ain't, you ain't looking like that. You ain't put on a different outfit. Go do something. Have I not done that with my sisters? Have I not been with my sisters? Tell them that. How, did I not judge mommy when mommy got wrestled with, when she had on that damn wig? Did I not judge her? I lost my mind with my mom. I couldn't have my mama looking like that. My mother beautiful. I didn't like that wig. Okay? How all in my sister, all in dressing any old way she wants. All in is gorgeous. All in walking around dressing with oversized bummy clothes. I'm like, hell no. You understand? Don't play that. Abigail dressing like a nurse all the damn time. I'm like, look, you ain't in the hospital. You understand? Get out there, put on your sexy. You understand? And I tell that to you too. You understand? That's why Carmen got a man in her life, you know? Darren, you know what I'm saying? Do you know, let me show you how trifling his ass is. Do you know he don't even look up? He don't even look up. Every time he see my sister. And his eyes are right there, waist high. He can't even bring himself to look up at my sister 90% of the time. It's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. You understand what I'm saying? Because I don't look at my sister like that. I don't know what she got because I don't look at my sister like that. She's my sister, damn it. But we like what we like. I'm just being real with y'all. Everybody knows it's important. Until next time, I'll be back this weekend. I'm not going to do something on Friday, but I'll be back here Saturday before the fight. Stick around. It's the Stephen A. Smith Show coming your way. Until then, peace and love to all of y'all out there, especially the ones that need some help. Can't be back there, ladies. Squats. Running, Stairmaster, lunges, not injections, not injections. Remember I said that. Talk to y'all later. Peace. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.